Good evening, everyone. Good evening, good evening, and welcome back. Welcome back to the Porsche Cool Podcast, the podcast where we chat about, talk about all things Porsche. Usually, I would say at this point of the podcast, Steve, what's happening? Uh, Steve's not here today. Um, it's not Steve's fault. It's actually my fault. Um, as you guys know, I went to um, Oberon uh, early in the week for a couple of days, and I uh, went to my niece's wedding, which was fantastic. Uh, my niece got married. That was very, very good fun. Not great weather, very terrible weather. Um, so I went down to that. So I kind of got, I kind of ran out of days, and then I came back, and then I was trying to get Steve to do it with me yesterday um, so I can get it up for the owner stories guy, uh, not for the owner stories, for the Patreon members who, who listen to this podcast uh, 24 hours before everyone else. Um, which means I have to do it today. Um, so I decided just to do it solo. At one point there, I wasn't going to do an episode, but I thought I don't want to give you guys no episode this week, so I want to keep going. Um, but the wedding was great. My niece got married, which was fantastic. It was very, very nice. Um, so I got to see my family, uh, my nephews and my brother and my sister-in-law and people who I haven't seen in two years. So that was uh, it was a really nice thing to, to see everyone at the wedding um, and have some fun. It was on a lovely farm down near Oberon, Waldara Farm, I think it's called. Um, so we had fun. Now, you guys are probably going to ask me, how was the drive, Michael? How was the drive to um, Oberon in the Porsche? Well, I didn't take it. Um, I didn't actually take the car. I didn't take the 911. Um, I actually have no regrets about it now because <laughs> the weather was dismal. Uh, and I know Stephen from previous owner stories. Uh, Stephen is is down in Oberon Way, having a drive at the moment with his friends in in beautiful Porsches and Ferraris. Um, but when we were there, the weather was uh, atrocious. Um, I, like I said, I got a share car. I didn't take the nine eleven. Um, the road to the farm. Uh, I I chose to to drive to the farm. I didn't. We didn't choose choose to take the bus, which was you know the bus basically, so you can drink and drive, come back. Because um, we were a bit late getting into Oberon. The wedding was at three and we didn't get to Oberon until just after two. So we literally got to the wedding just before they started. And it was raining and I'm glad we we didn't because my brother warned me about this uh, long, long dirt track. Uh, and it was long and it had the little cattle bridges, which, you know, in, in countries, in, in the country in Australia, like bars that you go over. <clears throat> so it was pretty awful. It was a, it was a rural road. Uh, it was low. It was really like heaps of big stones, so it would have been a nightmare taking the 911 on it. Um, I guess if we had more time, I could have just left it at the at the hotel that we stayed at, the motor inn, and I guess we could have just uh, we could have caught the bus, which probably would have been the easiest way. But I didn't do that because I wasn't thinking straight. So, like I said, no regrets. But I didn't take the car to Oberon. But um, Stephen, um, Stephen, uh, uh, who's been on those stories before, did actually tell me that it was a great road and it was a great road and there were some great roads and I know that I will take the 911 back there and I'm going to try and get Steve to go down there. Um, Steve's going, yeah, yeah, sure, because you never go on any drives. I didn't go on a drive with Steve and Marco on the weekend. Uh, everything's been sort of out of whack for me, so I'm just trying to get my my head back into gear and just get everything done here. Um, I can't just leave things. I've got to get everything out of the way and, and, and see family and stuff like that. So, Excuses, excuses, but I will eventually catch uh, Marco and Steve and hopefully some of you other guys who live in Australia because you've been saying to me we should go for a drive. Um, I went to Orderhouse Hamilton today and had a chat to the guys there. Uh, great place to go in Sydney if you have a Porsche. Um, a lot of you guys have heard me talk about it before. I decided to get my uh, front under tray replaced. The front under tray 
you probably remember last week uh, or the week before when I was going through the list of things, it came up as a, as a note on my service that, that was cracked or split. So they ordered a new one. I said I'd just go ahead with it, I think, last week and sent them an email. And So the guys fixed that up. Chris fixed that up today, um, looked after it, put the new front under tray on. Um, and at the same time, I, I got them to fit my leather sunroof surround. I know they're probably listening and laughing at me. Um, fit my leather sunroof surround because I struggle with that switch. You know, I don't know how you pull out the power. I could get the sunroof part out, but I couldn't get the switch out. And I've told you guys that before. If you're going to change that piece, that cover of your lights, sunroof switch, watch out for that that power switch for the lights because it's it's a tricky one to get out. And I'm sure there's there's a way to do it in an easier way than what I was trying, but I couldn't without fear of breaking it. So they did that for me. It looks good. Um, takes a little bit of getting used to, to the stitch in your eyeline, um, but all in all, it's um, it looks good. So that was fitted. Um, so I just waited there when I was getting that done and had a good chat to um, Grant, who owns Auto House, and had a good chat to um, Anthony, uh, who also works there, who's uh, the car sales, I think, or the car, you know, for the cars coming in. Um, and Chris as well, who looked after me at the front desk. So thank you guys for uh, sorting me out today so quickly. That was great. And it was good to have a chat and, 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 and talk and have a good chat about Porsche. So it's, you know, there's some interesting things going to come up with that. So um, we'll keep you posted on that one. All right. Let me get back to the, uh, I'm sorry if this is disjointed today. I'm using a different microphone. Um, so I'm using my um, Shure microphone today through my pod track. Um, and you'll find out the reason why in a second, because I'm going to tell you guys what's happening at the end of the podcast. Um, all right. So let me just start with the usual. Uh, Patreon, there's two new members of Porsche Cool Patreon this week. The first one is Lorenzo. Um, I've reached out to Lorenzo. He uh, became a member, I think it was only today. Um, I don't know what, what he drives or if he's still searching for a Porsche, but Lorenzo, send me a message and I'll, I'll do a shout out next week. But thank you so much for joining Porsche Cool and thank you so much for um, supporting the podcast. It really does um, it really does help keep us talking. Um, and then Vasilis. Vasilis uh, has been a member before. Uh, Vasilis just joined literally just before I started recording this podcast. Uh, he's come back to Porsche Cool, uh, so he definitely deserves another shout out. So hi, Vasilis. I, I did say thank you by... Um, by message, but thank you so much. Uh, Vasilis, you probably have heard me mention his name before. He was planning to get a 996.1 and he's still planning to get one in the new year. So when uh, when he gets one, we'll talk about that more. Um, so he's going to keep me updated on that one. But if you want to go to uh, Patreon, it's just patreon.com slash Porsche Cooled. And then you can go there and you can help support the podcast from 2 to $10 a week. Um, every little bit helps, just helps us keep talking, uh, will help us um, buy new equipment and sort things out. I've got to buy a couple of microphones when I'm here, actually. So that's what I'm going to do with some of the money. All right. Porsche Cooled owner stories. A couple of days ago, Tuesday, um, you would have heard Josh's story. Joy, I, I did enjoy speaking with Josh because I've had this bit of uh, I get these phases that I go through. I have this uh, bit of a Cayenne Overland phase in my head because I always look at these Cayennes on Instagram and they all look really, really cool. And, and Josh uh, had a his first Porsche was a 04 Cayenne Turbo. Josh is from Seattle in the US. His first Porsche was an 04 Cayenne Turbo. You would have heard, if you heard the story, I'm not going to give too much away, but I'll just say that something failed on the car. Um, and when it failed, he had. He was almost stranded, stranded in the desert, but he managed to get out, uh, but he doesn't have that car anymore. Uh, his current car is a very cool one, actually, because it's uh, and it's got a great story behind it. And like I said, I'm not going to give it away because I always give away too much. But it's a, a, a 2996 Porsche, uh, 996 Aero Kit, another Aero Kit car, 
rare car. You know, the Ericit cars are, are looking really good. I tell you, they've aged really, really well. Ocean Blue Metallic, beautiful color, manual. Uh, he flew to pick it up. Had a funny story about the guy that he bought it from. Uh, he flew 12 hours or 11 hours to get it. Uh, he got PPI done, and then he drove it home. So it's a good story. It's a really, really good story. Um, you'll notice that I don't, you know, usually for owner's stories, I only, I always focus on the car. I always like to focus on the car and, and focus on not the person because it's about the, it's about the owner, but the images I always put up are always about the, just the car. Uh, I thought it was fitting that this one, uh, one on the Insta post, I put, uh, I put Josh, <laughs> Josh, if you're listening, the reason why I put your dog there is because, you know, your dog was really a guest in the podcast. When I was editing the podcast, I was going to cut it out and I thought, nope, I'm going to leave it in. Uh, Josh's dog, who's, who's a beautiful looking dog, by the way, was barking at the uh, Amazon <laughs> delivery guy in the background. So that's what you hear in the beginning. And that's Josh's dog on uh, the Instagram post on Porsche Cooled or on P997.1. Uh, if you haven't been to Porsche Cooled before, Go over there, give us a follow. Um, that is the official Instagram of the podcast. That is where I share my love of Porsche, um, as well as on P997.1, but Porsche Cooled is the uh, is the main one. So um, I just want to read out one of the – Steve always gets bored with this, and I know he's probably listening going, you really have to go through this every week. But I like to give a shout-out because people go out of their way, um, and I really appreciate all the support. Like uh, The podcast is just – and I don't want to talk about chart numbers, but the podcast has just gone crazy in the past couple of weeks. The amount of people, new people listening and the numbers and stuff. So it's it's just fantastic. Um, you know, so we're on our way with you guys, you know, helping us along the way. We're on the way to being the number one Porsche podcast in the world. Um, not that that's probably a goal that we have, but, you know, it's it seems to be coming closer and closer to reality. So it's very, very cool. Um, what was I going to root? The review. The review. That's right. Uh, so this one is from uh, Boy. Uh, via Apple Podcasts, uh, I know, and this is uh, Barry. Um, I won't read your last name, Barry, but if people see the if see the review, they'll see it. But Barry's from Scotland. Barry wants to come on Owner Stories, actually, so it'd be great to have Barry on. An oasis of Porsche calm. Really enjoy your podcast. Your casual, informal approach gives us a calming tone to a topic that lies close to my heart. Having had Porsches in the family for many years, I'm now on my seventh 911. He's got a 997 GT3 RS. Very nice, Barry. Very nice. And my dad, now 83 years old, hoons around in a Panamera Turbo. I've been through most of the models, 996 and 997, and can relate to so many of your articles. Keep up the great work. Thank you, Barry. Thank you for giving us that review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, it really does get a scene and... I'm really looking forward to getting you on um, Owner Stories and having a chat about uh, about that. I'm really interested in hearing about the GT3 RS, actually. That's a great car. Very, very good car. Um, what else did I want to talk about? So the leather parts, um, like I said, I gave in with that sunroof surround. I got it fitted by Order House. Um, I couldn't remove it. The other parts look great. Really happy with them. Um, I had a couple of issues today, actually. It's weird. Like, you, you get everything sorted. Everything's fixed. I had a problem, you know, I went to a storage facility because I've got to get, we've got to get storage here for um, all the stuff that we've brought back. Run out of space until we can find a, a bigger place. And my Porsche key, I went to lock my car at the storage place and it just wouldn't lock. I looked down at the key, the key doesn't have a light flashing on it. The red light's not flashing on the 997 key. You know, the 997s are solid keys, as you guys know, they're not fold-up keys. No red light, um, won't lock the car. So then, you know, I tried again, nothing happened. So I just put the key in and locked the car that way. Um, then we came back to the car. Um, it seemed to work. It didn't work at first and then it worked. So I'm thinking, okay, the battery's running low. I look online on Brenlist. I find about the battery. I don't think I've ever replaced the battery in my two keys. Uh, I only use one key. The other key is quite a new key, so I don't really use the second key. 
so nonetheless, I, I thought the battery was running low, so I go to you know doing some grocery shopping and I buy that battery, the the classic round battery, whatever the number is. Um, easy to get out. You just clip, it, you know, you just split the key open down the center, and then you get the battery out and you stick it in. Very easy. Even I can do it. Not hard at all. And then they said you should, you know, to reprogram the key, you should go down to your car and lock it, unlock it, and lock it with the key, and then then you should be able to lock it with the key click. Well, I did that. Key click didn't work, even with the new battery. No light coming on the key. So then I tried again. Still wouldn't do it. Then I open the door, and then the alarm starts going off. The horn starts going off. It's like, okay, so I'll put it in the ignition, turn the key on, the alarm stops. Then when I go to lock it, <coughs> it locks. So unless I did the sequence wrong, and I'm sure someone's listening who's like going, no, that's not how you do it. Um, tell me what I've done wrong here, because I was following what the guy said on Renlist on a couple of posts. Um, the alarm going off means something was weird, like maybe it wasn't recognizing the key. I hope my key is not on the way out. I've heard some stories from some of you guys who told me you had to get a new key and it, was, uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't cheap because you have to get it reprogrammed by Forcher and the key itself, I think. I think in the US, it's, <clears throat> I think Suncoast have got them for like 220 or 230 just for the black bit. Um, so I don't know what it costs for uh, Porsche to reprogram it, but I'm sure it's not. Uh, I'm sure it's not cheap. I'm sure it's even more expensive here. So anyway, let me know if you uh, if you have any ideas there. What's going on? Like I said, I just came. I, I locked it again just then, and it worked. Uh, the lights on the key now. The red light lights up. It's got a brand new battery in it. Um, unless there's something wrong with the internals of the key, that's that's uh, that's a possibility. Um, what else is happening? Um, I was reading the notes. Steve always. Steve and I always do notes. Um, about what we're going to talk about. And I thought it was quite, and Steve, I know you're listening, and I thought it was quite, uh, what's the word? I can't even think tonight. It's quite appropriate, actually, to talk about detailing just very, very quickly. Um, And I know that on, on, uh, on the WhatsApp group, the Porsche Gould WhatsApp group, they were talking about how they listened to the last week's episode, Steve, and that they were surprised that it took you so long that you must be doing something wrong. How could it take you that long to, to do your car after having the ceramic coating? And I don't know, maybe we can talk about that next week. We'll talk about that with Steve next week because it does seem like a long time and, we, and Steve and I laughed about it, but it does seem like a hell of a long time to be, to be spending on your car when it's got a paint correction ceramic coat, doing all the foam spray and all that sort of thing. If you, haven't, if you don't know what we're talking about, listen to last week's episode. But anyway, talking about detailing, there's a really good um, video on YouTube. It was filmed quite a long time ago because I remember listening to um, Smoking Tide podcast and Matt Farrow was talking about it happening at the time. But it's uh, Larry at MO New York City. He did a video on detailing uh, Mike Musto, who's a friend of all of them, friend of uh, Matt Farrow and everything's black, 996 Carrera 4S. Uh, it, was, it was really interesting. It was really, really interesting, and it was showing you that the car was, it's weird, he pulls up to the car, you see it in the shot in the video, pulls up in the car, and it looks pretty perfect, and then they look closer and they start looking at this car, and the standard paint wasn't great. I don't know whether that's a that's a 996 trade or that happens on the 997, but unless the person before really did a bad job, but it shows you what, it actually showed you what happened in the video when you machine polish a car really, really poorly. And you literally burn through the clear coat. And you can see where they burn through the clear coat. And it was on the rounded parts, you know, near the roof. And, you know, the, it was really bad. Watch the video if you haven't seen it. It's a, it's a good one, especially for you guys who are, you know, starting to think about you want to paint correct and detail your car and you just buy all the stuff. And, you know, it only costs you, you know, $500 or $600 and it saves you thousands. 
I would look at this first because honestly, and I know Larry at NYC always says this. He always says, you really know what, you really do need to know what you're doing. You know what I mean? Because once you, once you go too far, there's no turning back. And you can see this 996 had it. Um, but it's a really good, um, it's a really good episode because it actually shows you how they can't really paint correct the car and they do this, they call it framing, which I've never heard of before, where they spend time on cleaning, you know, to meticulous detail, you know, certain parts like the, the black rubber, you know, the black rubber around the windows or the black plastic or the, you know, they, they just clean, you just clean every little bit. So all those things are so clean and whatever. And sure, they, they polish the car a bit and they clean the car that you don't really, maybe you look past the, the, the situation with the, the, the burn through the clear coat. You know what I mean? Like it sort of, it, they call it framing. It kind of covers it, I guess. It kind of covers it. It makes your car look exceptionally clean, exceptionally detailed, even though it has a couple of flaws, which is quite a good way of looking at it. I really enjoyed the video. And I think if you haven't seen it, go and have a look at it. Emma, New York City, um, Mike Musto's Black 996 C4S. I don't know what the name of the video is. I didn't write it down, but you should go and uh, you should definitely go and check it out. Um, what else? What else? Okay, so what I'm going to do now? I don't think there's anything else I needed to talk about today. Uh, I just didn't want to. Um, I just didn't want to talk about. Uh, I just didn't want to chat solo for an hour with you guys because I didn't want you guys to get bored. Basically, um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to do something a little bit different. And I only asked Natasha. Um, I don't know half an hour ago, and I've asked Natasha, my wife, as you guys know. Natasha doesn't drive. Um, she's a fan of the 911. She likes Steve's car. She likes our car. Um, she doesn't like classics that much. So we're going to have a chat to Natasha now, and we're going to talk to her about um, we're going to talk to her about Porsche. Um, and I thought this is a good lead-in. Haven't had any. Uh, like I said, we haven't had any uh, women's uh, women uh, on owner stories. We've only had the men. We've only had the car guys. We haven't had the car girls. So let's uh, let's go into the second half of the podcast. Let me just regroup and let me go into the second half of the podcast and let's get Natasha and, and, and talk about what she thinks of the whole uh, of the whole Porsche thing. Let's get a woman's uh, perspective on 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 my passion of what's been going on uh, with with our nine eleven. Okay, welcome back, everyone. So this is like the second half of the podcast. Um, as you probably can hear, I don't I don't know whether you'll hear it or not, but this is being recorded on a different device. Uh, I'm going to try something different. And you probably saw it in the title because I probably titled it in a way that you guys will know what's going on. Um, so I'm, I'm recording this on my Zoom PodTrack P4. Never used it before. First time. Um, I know other podcast hosts are always uh, skite. Is that the word? Is that an Australian word? Skite? I'm not sure if that's a normal word. Um, skite about how they've got a PodTrack. Uh, I'm not Spike First and I don't have a P8. I've got a P4. Um, but this is the device that I'm going to be using in uh, Sydney. I'm going to be using it to record a few people in Sydney, actually. I've got an idea for a, a different kind of spin-off for the podcast, which I think is going to be quite good. been thinking about it for some time and uh, got to, getting a few people lined up um, to chat. Um, it's like an owner's stories, but it's a little bit different. So that's coming up in the new year. So today um, I thought I would do something different, like I said, because I made a mess of this podcast and was not organized with... Um, who was going to be on it and, and Steve, well, not who was going to be on it with me and Steve organizing the time um, today, as I said to you guys earlier, with the audit, going to order house and just coming back from a wedding, I really ran out of time. Um, so, so you guys would have an episode. Um, I almost got to the point today where I wasn't going to do it because I've actually literally just got home not long ago. We've had dinner at 
So I thought, why not? <laughs> why not talk about uh, the Porsche community, and why not talk about how the Porsche, you know, the Porsche car community? People have said to me before, quite a few people actually. Why haven't you had any uh, women? Why haven't you had any car girls like us, car guys, on owner stories? Um, as we know, you know, the, the the car community, the Porsche community. It kind of is more male-focused, you know. I don't want to say that, but it kind of is. Um, but, you know, if we dig deeper, there are a lot of uh, a lot of women who are, you know, enjoying Porsches and enjoying cars. But, we're, you know, this is a Porsche podcast, so we talk about the Porsche side of it. Of course, a lot of you guys, um, and, you know, she's not the only one. A lot of you guys know Lara uh, at that Porsche girl. Um, she's definitely helped, you know, being noticed by Porsche and having those two great cars, the air-cooled, the turbo, and the, and the other one, which I should know what it is, but I don't. Sorry, the greeny-colored one. Um, she has a great Insta. Um, you know, I've spoken to her on and off over the years, and you know, she's done really well. And I think it's, I think it's fantastic. Um, her passion shows through in the Instagram, which is really, really cool. So, we've never had any women on owner stories, and this is not an owner stories episode. This is Friday's episode, which means Stephen normally going backwards and forth, as you guys know. Um, but a few people reach out to me, like I said, so we'll change that. But you know, th- the reason why there are no women on the podcast, I guess, is because. I don't know why, actually, because it doesn't really make any sense, because the main viewers, the main listeners, I should say, of the podcast are mainly male. Um, not many women listen to the podcast. Um, I think there's, I think it's something like 96% or 97% male listeners. So there are a few girls out there, and I know a couple have reached out to me to be on Owner Stories, um, but there's not a lot. Um, but maybe that's what the problem is. Maybe we just need to get more girls on Owner Stories and more of the Porsche girls, more of the Porsche women, the car girls on on the podcast, like us car guys, and and start you know changing that changing that uh, what do you call it division. So to start rolling it, to start rolling, <laughs> Natasha's laughing because she's sitting next to me. To start rolling this this week, I thought, why not? You know, why not? Um, instead of me sitting here for an hour talking to myself, and it is Thursday night, and I, I really I put this up. I'm in Australia, as you guys know at the moment, and I put this up. At about, you know, I put it up for the, the Patreon members one 24 hours early, so it has to be up before midnight in Australia. Uh, it's 8 o'clock at the moment, so it's a bit late, but I will get it up for you guys. So I thought, let's talk Let's talk to Natasha. And as you guys have known, you know that voice, that name, I should say. Um, Natasha's my wife. Um, she is, I don't know if she's a Porsche fan, um, but we're going to hear from Natasha in a second. Um, and as I'm sharing a microphone, because I had to work out how to do this and record this, and I've only got one mic at the moment, so we're just going to share this uh, this microphone. So it might be a little bit slow, the, the backwards and forwards, but just so you guys get get a different impression of, of I guess, not just my Porsche story, but how Natasha sees um, Porsche. Um, and, you know, she does, Natasha doesn't drive, we'll talk about that, uh, but she does have a have a keen, trained eye for design, uh, and she knows what she hates and she knows what she likes. So let's let's get Natasha on the spot and let's let's get her to tell us what she thinks about you know Porsche about nine nine seven maybe even about this whole podcast thing even so just so you guys know um, Natasha uh, hasn't got a driver's license um, so let me let me just introduce Natasha now she's gonna she's gonna come onto the mic um, and she's gonna tell you why. She hasn't got her driver's license at, we're not going to say ages here, but why she hasn't got her uh, driver's license. Um, why don't I have my driver's license? Because I, I much prefer to be driven 
it seems much more comfortable. And I never got around to taking the test. Also, I don't think anyone's ever taught me properly how to drive. So it probably would have helped if in my first lesson you told me where the brake was. Talk about the farm. Oh, yeah, my first, um, my first driving lesson on the farm. Um, what was it, a Jeep? A little four-wheel drive. And everyone's so keen to show me how to change gears, but nobody tells me where the brake is, so I crash into a tree. Um, <laughs> so that was fun, but I didn't think it was hard. It was just understanding the vehicle. Yeah, so that was a um, that was a Suzuki. Uh, uh, what's the new one? The new little one, the square one. It was one of those Jimny. It was like a Suzuki Jimny. It was Suzuki Sierra, Suzuki Sierra, which were available in Australia. I'm not sure if they were available elsewhere. So that was on our on Tasha's ex bosses, our friend's farm, um, and <laughs> that was quite a funny day. But it was a manual. Uh, Tasha was actually, you know, she was actually changing gears. She did actually change gears on it. And this is an this is an important point. Um, Natasha has no desire to learn on an automatic. In Australia, if you if you drive on an auto, I think your license is only for an automatic. So she wants to drive on a, on a manual, learn on a manual. So we'll do drive, driving lessons. Uh, we'll get her some driving lessons when we're here. But how do you think, Tasha, once you once you get your license, how do you think you're going to be driving the 911, see me, seeing me drive it and sometimes get frustrated in heavy traffic with it? I actually honestly don't know because... Um, I mean, it's always been explained to me as a coordination thing. I don't think I have particularly bad um, hand-eye-foot coordination. Yes, but I guess I just have to pass the L, the learner's test first, which has always been a challenge because I can't be bothered to read the learner's book and learn the road rules because they don't make sense to me. They have I have no frame of reference for the road rules, the lines, the turning, the giving way. So... You know, just making my way through the, the rule book is is a challenge and not of particular interest to me. Okay, so, you know, you've been in the 911 a lot of times. Um, you're going to get your license. You know, and we're going to talk about the 997 Carrera first. We're not going to talk about other cars that you've been in, other Porsches, because you've been in a few other Porsches as well. Um, so what is it? What is it that you noticed? And we're going to jump forward here, Tash. Um, what is it that you noticed was the main thing that you liked about the 911 when we went on that first that first drive and we went down to um, Royal National Park, remember? And we were driving and, you, you know, we could feel how it felt completely different to our previous car. Well, of course, the power and the fact that our previous car was a station wagon, so you didn't have the feel. Avant. It's an Avant. Sorry. <laughs> Avant. Um, you didn't feel the cabin... The, the length of the cabin pulling from behind. I mean, this is obviously from the perspective of a passenger and just how the cabin feels when you're sitting in the car. Um, so the 911 certainly feels tighter, more the space feels like it's moving with you rather than dragging behind you. So, you know, you've seen Steve's car and you've been in Steve's car and, you've, you know, you've been for a drive in Steve's car on... Um on the way to Putty Road, when we went to Putty Roads, Tasha was in the car with Steve. Um, what was it, the first thing you said to me after you got out of the car? When we switched cars back and I took our car back and, and Steve got back into his. And you remember what you said about Steve's car? Uh, Steve's car is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it 
feels similar to your car, but it's so much tighter and moves. It's it feels equally heavy, but it's so much more agile, and just the way it moves feels so much more muscular. I guess it's fitter. It's tighter. It just moves better. It feels really good going around corners and up hills. Um, not to say your car drags, but you definitely feel the difference in the the lag. I guess it feels like there's more weight in the back that the car has to pull, whereas Steve's car doesn't do that. It just like goes exactly where he points it. And I think I think you guys will <coughs> appreciate that, especially you guys who've driven GT3s or own GT3s. And I think that's a really you know that's a really good point. And I forgot exactly what Natasha had said, and I just remembered then. I recalled it now. Um, but the fact that it doesn't drag, you know what I mean? And I think sometimes, you know, we, we talk about this every week and, you know, I talk to you guys separately and Steve and I talk about it, but I think that's a really good point that, you know, I think what touches is just, it just goes, right? It literally just goes. Yes. I mean, it's really quick and I don't mean speed. It just feels like the action is immediate, that, that it just responds immediately. Yeah, there's, there's like there's no resistance almost. There's no resistance. You know, like gravity doesn't matter almost. It feels like there's no resistance. And I guess that's to do with the power and it's to do with the engineering. And it goes back a little bit to what we were talking about last week's episode. You know, it's not about how the GT3 is so much faster, but, you know, not the top speed. It's about that acceleration. It's about that engineering. It's about the feel of the car. And we touched on this last week. And, and I think we did mention Natasha about, uh, you know, her thoughts on the car um, last week as well. So I thought that was really, really interesting. I mean, you know, you do, and, and we've spoken about this many times before, you do notice a difference between a Carrera and a GT3. There's no, there's no doubt about it. There's a difference. You know, they're both great looking cars, but there is, a, there is a huge difference. And there should be too, because you're paying a lot more. And it's, you know, it's, it's, you're talking about the top of the product line, aren't you, almost? You're talking about where, you know, where we all try to get to eventually something that we want, whether it be a Turbo or a GT3 or a GT3 RS. So you guys know that I've been back in Sydney for a couple of weeks. A couple of weeks have been a, quite an expensive couple of weeks. Um, as I just said earlier on in the episode, I went to Order House again today. So I just want to ask Natasha, like, do you think, do you think that the 911 has been an expensive car for us to own? Um, well, not really, I guess, because it doesn't seem to be as expensive to service as our previous car. And... It feels to me as if everything you put into it is well spent. I mean, we enjoy it. We enjoy the car. You enjoy the car. So to me, it's it's money well spent. You know, and, and we did spend quite a lot of money. You know how much it is. I, I haven't disclosed it on the podcast. <laughs> I mean, Steve knows he's about the only one and everyone at Order House, obviously. Um, but, you know, we come back to the cost. And I think, you know, Natasha's thoughts on that are quite you know, you said that to me a few times, right? A car, it hasn't cost a lot of money. And of course, the car has been sitting for two years and the cars are pretty bulletproof, really. The car hasn't really had that much wrong with it. It hasn't been things that have been wrong with it from sitting. The things that are wrong with it are just things because it's a 15, 16-year-old car that need that needs maintenance. So um, as, as I said earlier in the podcast, I got the leather sunroof surround fitted um, by uh, Auto House today because I gave up on it. Uh, I just want to know what Tasha thinks of of the leather parts, whether they're now they're installed, most of them are installed except for that key surround. Do you think they make a difference, Tash, or you think they were not really needed? Well, I usually think it's superfluous because the car interior already looked good. 
But I guess now that all the parts are in, they kind of work together. So there's a little bit more extra detail, which um, now that the sunroof bit is in, I think all makes sense because it's well balanced. Yeah, the sunroof, and I might have mentioned earlier on, but the sunroof thing is a little bit weirder to get used to um, because... You do actually know it, it disappeared before, um, and I'm talking about the sunroof surround, like you got, like I was mentioning earlier on. The sunroof surround that hides the, you know, has the sunroof switch and the light switch. The stitching does, and, and Natasha noticed this when we just went out before. It it does stand out a lot more, but it's probably because you haven't seen it, and it used to just disappear almost. But because I have those blades, and because I have the inner door sills now, it kind of like ties out, ties in the whole driver zone. So I think if you were going to do leather parts, you can't just, and if your car has no leather like mine had, you know, most mainly no leather, except for the pull handles and things like that, you have to do the blades near the PCM. You should do the inner door sills because you do see them on the inside. If you're going to do the sunroof surround, I think you definitely need to do the sun visors, don't you think, Tasha? Yes, I think that it makes sense that way, that there's the same leather detail across the, the top of the headlining um, that then ties into the pieces on the dash. Yeah, because if you don't if you don't change your visors out and you get that leather surround, surround piece, and I didn't mention this before, but it, it's a different texture. Like the vinyl or fake leather or whatever you call it, leatherette that they have, the, the, the standard visor, it's got grain to it. You can see the grain in it. It's got a bit of grain. Leather has this leather doesn't have grain. Well, the leather that I had had done in the UK doesn't have grain. Um, so that side of it, you know, you have to um, you have to kind of do them all. Otherwise, it might look a little bit a little bit weird. So you guys know, um, you know, I haven't gone off it. I don't talk about it as much anymore about the nine twelve. But I haven't gone off the nine twelve. Um, I still want a nine twelve or a nine eleven nine eleven S or a nine eleven T would be better. But one of the three, nine eleven E even. Um, Natasha's not a huge fan of the 912, so I just want her to tell you guys why. And, you know, you guys know Steve's not a huge fan either. I think Steve's coming around. But what is it about these the, the classic Porsches, like what Arjmala flat cap driver have with his 912, and you've seen pictures of that? What What is it that you don't really get with this old Porsche thing? Well, I guess I can appreciate how beautiful they are and the detailing of them and the, you know, just the design of the car. It looks, to me, they look beautiful. I just, from a passenger's perspective, I've been in old cars before and the springiness of the seat and the way the car rumbles under you, it just feels like you're riding on a tractor. So, you know, it's not, it's not that pleasurable for me. So I think I'd rather be in a modern car that's smoother and sure you get the rumble and you feel the engine, but you know, it, it feels heavy and solid and safe and you don't feel like you're in kind of a sort of farm vehicle, I guess. But a modern car as you, a modern car being a modern 911, right? You're not talking like the latest 911, the 997 you class as a modern, modern car. Uh, yes, definitely. I mean, I've been in the 996 and that feels pretty good too, but I thought the 996 interior was kind of clumsy. I mean, it's certainly not as nice as, say, Audi interiors, whereas the 997, they fix that up and it certainly now feels like a luxury vehicle. It, you know, all the parts don't look like they're just tacked on. Okay, so all you guys listening who have a 996, I didn't say that, okay? Um, Natasha said that, so don't, don't hold it against me. Um, 
All right. So before Tasha goes, because she's only got a little bit of time, <laughs> a little bit of time tonight. Uh, this is very weird, but I'll keep going with it. Um, so we talked about the leather parts. We talked about the maintenance. Um, I want to talk about sound because every time I do an owner stories, I always like to talk to people about if they've got an exhaust, if they've got the OEM sports exhaust, if they're doing a sports mod. Some people like the sound of the bass. Some people just want, some people are still thinking about whether they want a Fister or a Gundo or, you know, whatever they're going to get. Um, so, Tasha, you remember when the 997 didn't have the exhaust, when we first picked it up, had the tech art wheels. Um, tell the listeners what you thought about those wheels and tell them what you thought of the, of the sound when we first had it and try to remember back of when we when I got the Fister exhaust and we went on the drive and you heard it. Or you heard it in the garage, I think, it was the first time. What did you think of it and of the wheels and of the exhaust? To be honest, I don't really remember the exhaust. I remember the wheels. I thought the wheels were very flashy. I mean, they're nice wheels, but... Yep, they're a bit loud um, and large, and I guess it just changes the character of the car, and I think I much prefer the car now. Um, it suits you better, and I think, and I'm, yeah, strongly opposed to you removing the stripe because I think it's just got that much more personality with the stripe and the wheels the way they are now that kind of suits you. Yeah, um, Tasha keeps telling me about the stripe not to take it off. And I have to admit, I was going to take it off. And then I think I might have mentioned that I was following, or maybe I just told Steve, I can't remember. I was following a 997. We followed a 997 the way back from uh, Natasha's parents' house uh, the other day. And it was silver, the same as mine. Uh, and I think I mentioned how small it was. It also looked weird without the stripe. It looked a bit, it had lobsters on it, which were just standard, and it didn't have the stripe. Um, I like I like how the 997 has the, you know, the, the different wheels. I like how it's got the custom wheels, the two-tone. I like how the stripe, it does work really well. Um, I haven't changed my mind about the window tint. I'm still in two minds of whether to get the window tint removed and get a newer carbon or ceramic tint put on, probably the carbon one, and then get it slightly lighter, not as dark. I still think it's a little bit dark. Um, I think the previous guy that owned the car, I don't know. I don't know whether he was younger than me or he just, it, it felt, the car did feel a little bit, and I'm going to say a boy racer. Um, and if you know what that means, it's a little bit boy racer because the tech art wheels are 20 inch. And I know when, when I decided to get the lobsters, and you guys know I bought it from the UK, I think when I first started saying that to Tasha that I was going to get them from the UK, you thought I was a bit crazy, right? Well, I thought it was a bit unnecessary. I mean, the wheels on the car at that time did look good, but they were a little loud. So I guess I wasn't opposed to having them them changed um but to go to all that trouble to get the wheels from overseas yeah that was i just thought that was another one of your crazy ideas but in saying that when when i got the wheels and we got them fitted in sydney um tasha liked them didn't you yes definitely but then you know we did look at them online beforehand uh, so i kind of knew what to expect and um yeah they looked just like what we thought they were going to so that was nice i don't know whether i and just to finish that thought i don't know whether i told you guys before but um you know natasha's a designer and she works you know heavily in photoshop and things like that as well um so she put together the car for me with the stripe with the color with the wheels and the two tones so it was all photoshopped <laughs> photoshop before so i didn't take a big a huge chance because i knew what it was going to look like so i had that i had that image of the of the photoshopped you know base career i had a picture of my car i think and then you put the didn't you put the stripe on it tash you put the stripe and the and the wheels on it yeah but i guess you're still taking a chance because my photoshop skills could have been misleading <laughs> they're pretty good they're pretty good 
Um, what else? What else? Do you want to talk about anything else? I think that's about it, right? Uh, what did I want to say? The leather parts, um, the Fista. I think that's about it. What else? Do you want to say something else? I think we'll, we'll end it there. I just wanted to, I, I guess I just wanted to introduce you guys and let Natasha come on and just, just have a few words tonight. Like I said, uh, just so that you guys didn't have to hear me talk uh, solo for an hour. I thought you, got, you might interest, might have uh, liked this side of it. So let me know if you do. Uh, let me know if you don't actually. Um, Tash, anything else? Uh, not really. I mean, it's a bit weird not being banished from the room while you're recording. Yeah, so just set that space. Our place is quite open, um, so we don't have uh, we don't have as much space as we did in our Bahrain flat or in our London flat. So we're kind of like it's a little bit uh, it's a little bit harder to do the podcast here. But in saying that, I have actually uh, locked in a lot of people to do uh, owner stories in the next couple of weeks. Um, so to keep that going for you guys over Christmas, so we'll have plenty of uh, plenty of new guests coming up. Um, Steve will be back next week as well. Um, and I think that's about it. Um, Tash, that's it? Yeah, I guess. Oh, just before I go, um, a few of you have been asking me a couple of things about uh, the drives I've been going on and a few of you have been asking me about how the car feels. Car feels amazing. Um, I did say that last week. Autohouse Hamilton did an absolutely fantastic job. Pierre at Atlas Body did an absolutely fantastic job on my front bumper. Looks perfect. Um, Autohouse did a great job just sorting everything out, all the work they did on it. Um, the car just feels really, really good now. I know some of you are probably saying, why in the hell did I replace the uh, front under tray if it was cracked? Autohouse had it on the list. If it's on the list and they have it there, I think it's something that I should do. I just like to clean the list off sometimes. I mean, I have the ability to do it at the moment, and so I have the time and I'm here. So it's better if I just get it you know, out of the way while I'm here. Um, as I said, the only thing on the list at the moment, as long as my key is not a huge problem, um, the only other thing on the list at the moment is that I've got that slight uh, clutch shutter as noted by Autohouse Hamilton. So I guess that would need to be looked at. It's not that bad. Um, for me at the moment, it's not that bad. I have noticed it, like I said, um, but that will be, you know, to do that. And if, if the flywheel needs to be done, that is another cost. But if, you know, if, if I can spread that out and that doesn't happen until... Um, you know, it doesn't happen until the next service. Um, and then say the, the rear brakes have to be done at the same time because as you guys know, my rear brakes, I think I mentioned, they're okay. There's enough on there at the moment, but they will need to be done eventually. Um, front brakes feel fantastic. Car feel fantastic. Honestly, like I said, if you haven't had your uh, transmission mounts or your engine mounts looked at on your 911, if you're in Sydney, go to Order House. If you're not in Sydney, go to your specialists. But, you know, like honestly, get them looked at because it makes such a big difference to the feel of the car. The change in my car, the, the change in the feel, I don't know how to explain it, but it really does make a big, big difference. Oh, and you guys, I know there's a lot of you out there. Ajmal, hello. Um, flat cap driver, make sure you go and follow Ajmal. Um, what was I going to say? F1, F1 this weekend, 13th of December, Abu Dhabi, season finale. Uh, I'm a big F1 fan. I don't talk about it a lot here on the on the podcast, but I'm a big F1 fan. I'm really looking forward to uh, seeing the result of the end of the season. It's going to be a good one. If you didn't watch it or you're not into it, at least watch the highlights of last week's um, race. Uh, it was a good one. It was not always fair, but it was a it was still uh, exciting, I guess, uh, and also annoying, but. Everything that you want motorsport to be. It was a really, really good, uh, a really good race. All right, that's it. That's it. Um, okay, guys, I hope you enjoyed this one. Um, like I said, thanks for listening. That's Natasha. Uh, Natasha's my wife, and we're just uh, chatting about my 997. And 
I guess, you know, sometimes you've got to you got to go into your kitchen or go into your living room and look at your wife and ask her what she really thinks about your your Porsche, your Porsche passion and your Porsche your Porsche journey, I guess. Uh and you know, um I think it's a good thing. I think it's a good thing. And like I said, Tasha loves the nine eleven. Um there's not a problem with it. Like I said, she gets a bit annoyed with me how meticulous I am, I think, and how I'm so worried about, you know, everything to do with it, uh, which I have been more so lately for some reason. I don't know why, but I have been more so lately. That's about it. All right. Thanks, everyone. Uh, like I said, next week, Steve will be back. Uh, owner stories, hopefully on Tuesday. I'm just lining up someone now for that for you guys so that I have someone for next Tuesday. All right. Thanks for listening to the Portugal podcast. Bye for now.